Hi everyone, welcome back to the Resilience Pod. You're here with me, your host, Mimi Singh. Thank you for tuning in today. I am truly grateful. Today's episode is all about the business case for resilience post-COVID with my next guest who prides himself in building relationships to achieve results by working in collaboration with leaders and executives in the resilience industry. What makes my next guest stand out is his philosophy of work. Whether he is in developing programs, training teams or writing plans, when his contract ends, he knows he is leaving behind his best work. And in his very own words, he says, my legacy matters. This is exactly the thing we love at the Resilience Pod. So please join me in welcoming my next guest, industry leader, speaker and writer specialising in business continuity and crisis management, founder and president of Anesis, a boutique consultancy firm from the greater Toronto area in Canada, Mark Hoffman. Hi Mark, how are you doing? Great Rena. it's a pleasure to be here with you. I've, look, I'm a huge fan of this podcast and uh, kind of have to pinch myself that I'm actually part of it. Well, thank you so much uh, for your kind words and a very great honour to have you on here sharing your thoughts on something that we will definitely all be interested in. Um, But before we get in, just a shout out to everybody from Canada and Toronto. Um, I've lived there, so it's very close to my heart. So welcome all the way from Canada. Glad to be here. And uh, if you want to trade weather, we could do that if you'd like. (laughs) <laughs> no, thank you. I'm okay with the snow. <laughs> That's something that I don't miss from uh, living there. But actually, it is quite fun to get all the four seasons. Okay, so anyway, weather aside, moving on to the topic of the podcast, which I mentioned earlier, was about having a business case, the value uh, that we can show our business post-COVID. So Mark, how do we show the and resilience value to our business uh, following on this COVID pandemic? You know, this this has really come up a, a lot lately. I'm hearing a lot of colleagues talk about uh, fear and concern that they have coming out of COVID uh, because they're not sure that their leaders are seeing value in the business continuity program. Uh, I, I did a, a survey in conjunction with DRI Canada. And what we found in that survey is that almost half of the people that responded said that their biggest concerns coming out of COVID are either uh, the long-term security of their business continuity program or the lack of perceived value of the program from their leadership team. And it was also interesting because in the same survey, we found that nearly a third of the people who responded said that they were either barely involved or not involved at all in the pandemic response, which is very, very interesting. And I think that there is a correlation between those two data points. For me, when we think about articulating the value of our program, I think there's two or three really key points. And the first one has to be engagement. We have to provide thought leadership around operational or organizational resilience. Uh, And this is not just about 
writing a business continuity plan in order to check off a box for the auditors. And I think people who are sort of approaching continuity in that way are going to run into this perception problem, this value uh, value add problem. So I think the first thing is engagement and, and thought leadership and, and actually driving um, value to the business. The second thing sort of expands on that whole relationship thing. And, and you mentioned uh, and, and part of my approach is that I work very collaboratively with with executives and with business leaders. And, you know, I have to admit, when I started my career, the collaborative approach was sort of a defense mechanism because I was still learning my way and I was smart enough to figure out that if I, you know, worked collaboratively with people, I might have a better chance of understanding what they need. But now that I've done this for 20 plus years, the collaboration is still there because it's a good opportunity for me to provide that thought leadership to them, to guide, to coach the executives. And so I think that, you know, those two things really, really help. I I heard someone say not too long ago that, you know, we don't know what the future normal will be yet. And we have the opportunity to shape normal together. And I, I really think that that's what we need to be doing when we approach Um, you know, any aspect of articulating value uh, out of the business continuity program, work with the leaders, work with the business uh, to articulate uh, and to to shape that normal together. I think think that's really important, the the shaping it together, because a lot of the times where this kind of value, despite whether it's about COVID or not, it happens in silos so there's one team looking at it updating policies frameworks whatever but actually not getting the insights from the organization and the stakeholders of what they want so a very very valuable point <laughs> that you've made right. it becomes self-serving at that point and so what one of the things that i like to do is i like to write a framework or a business continuity policy or whatever word you want to use And in there, you really need to identify the objectives of the program, but it's not uh, for the purpose of having a program. It's for the purpose of adding value to the overall organization. So uh, I'll give you an example. Uh, I have a client right now um, who is receiving a number of requests from their customers uh, asking for an attestation or proof or a demonstration of internal operational resilience, whether it's uh, disaster recovery capability for the systems that are the backbone of the service that they provide, or operational resilience through either cyber response or crisis management or business continuity. And I've actually helped my client close deals and improve relationships with their customers because we've been able to demonstrate um, that resilience that we've been able to build into the program. So, you know, there's operational impact to what we do. It's not just uh, self-serving. Right. So I guess um, it's important to not just articulate the value and stakeholders, but to give examples of things in the program that's actually helped the business um, to show that value post-COVID. Now, you mentioned earlier that a lot of some of the survey that you did, 
a lot of resilience professionals or continuity professionals weren't involved or they're kind of I, I've heard as well um, not from you but from other uh, connections that some people have lost their jobs and they're doing resilience kind of what what do you think went wrong there and you know it probably varies but one of the things that I think could happen is that the whole business continuity uh, effort uh, probably not treated as a program it was probably treated as a checkbox against an audit or a regulation um, and there was probably a very little value perceived value I'm not suggesting that the people who lost their jobs deserve it that's not what I'm saying at all but what I'm saying is that that the relationship between the business continuity team and the leaders uh, was not established early on in the process so that the leaders could understand the significance and the value that the team was was bringing anyhow pre-COVID. So since that relationship wasn't there, um, th there wasn't a dependence on that team when it came to either preparing for or responding to the pandemic. Now, it still sounds like I'm blaming the team and I'm not. All I'm suggesting is that sometimes we need to coach up to the executives, let them understand that this is more than just a checkbox, that there's value uh, in what we do, whether it's, we tend to think of things so often as um, sort of resolving negative opportunities, so closing risks or mitigating risks and things like that, where we, we think about, for example, uh, we don't have disaster recovery solutions for our most critical systems, and therefore that is a risk. And so from that standpoint, the business continuity team can help drive the mitigation of that risk. Now, that's a very positive thing. It goes beyond just risk mitigation. It actually goes into business opportunities and in some cases, uh, competitive advantage. When you can say to your customers, hey, we're resilient, look at this leading technique we're doing to make sure we can continue to provide you with service, whether it's uh, you know, technology resilience or operational resilience or cyber response, things like that. So what we have to do, I think, coming out of COVID is, you know, a lot of companies who never thought their people could work from home have everybody working from home right now. And what that says to me is, you know, we can't go backwards. We have to manage the ongoing challenges. We have to think about things uh, a little differently. Think about supply chain. Think about cyber response. Uh, revisit some of our strategies. Question our assumptions and things like that. Very valuable and very on point there is, is finding the opportunities, which I think is the key, one of the key things. Um, on how you can create value and, a, and a, a business case if you're struggling post that. Now, we'll pause on that for a little while and just pick up on something you said about kind of showing the value in different areas and, and responses um, where business continuity can help. And something that's quite prevalent is cyber um, and I know that's a whole different topic and it can take it <laughs> a whole different podcast but you know in our conversations before we we're talking about you know that cyber responses we normally think about them as going being quite technical 
uh, in our response and, and your approach is well actually it goes beyond that and that's an opportunity for BCM professionals to possibly help in that so what, what does that look like? What I say is forever companies have treated cybersecurity as a risk that IT can handle by themselves and while we need that IT component right we need them actively engaged in this it has to go beyond that we have to start thinking about cyber response from a crisis management standpoint from a business continuity standpoint so that we can do things like manage our communications manage our reputation make good decisions and things like that and so uh, i've been teaching a course on this i've been leading various clients through a cyber response program that basically encourages their crisis management team to anticipate what is likely going to be asked of them during a cyber event. So it's very reasonable to assume that you're going to have to make certain decisions uh, during a cyber attack, right? Well, the first one might be, are we going to pay the ransom? Well, rather than reacting and flying you know by the seat of your pants during uh, an event i like to walk people through a key decision workshop where we say to them all right based on your company's core values and your risk appetite and your overall operating principles are you inclined to pay the ransom or not and if they say no that's fine nothing wrong with that that's a great default position but it's exactly that it's a default position because there might be extenuating circumstances that could move you off of that position. And so I walk companies through uh, 10 default positions that, that they can consider ahead of time. Um, I encourage them to think about what their communication strategies might be and cyber insurance and so many other uh, opportunities for things uh, that they can consider now and build that into a response plan uh, that makes them more resilient when it comes to dealing with a cyber attack. And then the other piece of this is tying in the business continuity component to it. If it's a ransomware attack, for example, that takes systems offline, well, that's an opportunity to execute your business continuity plan for a system down event. And so your business continuity team can articulate value to your leadership team by saying, look, not only is this an IT issue, it's a communications issue, it's a legal issue, uh, it's a, uh, an insurance issue, uh, but it's also a business continuity issue and we can help prepare the organization operationally for this system down event. And these are the types of things that I think we need to evolve into um, cyber uh, response, supply chain resilience, and all of these different things, I think, will help establish what that future normal will look like and, and articulate value. Yeah, absolutely. So insightful and, and very spot on there. And I think a big learning lesson from what you've just told us in the last 14 minute, minutes or so is that it's actually seeking out these things and going beyond that because we keep saying resilience. But, um, but that's a lot of that means a lot of things and a lot of um, our 
fellow colleagues in the industry have resilience in their title and this is the truly the way to to be that resilient head director whatever your title may be um, is to find those opportunities that will help you with your business case and sharing the value going forward yeah, and one of the, one of the things i think that can help um, colleagues my co- our colleagues in the industry is if you have the opportunity to conduct a business impact analysis across the organization use that to gather your own ammunition uh, use that to identify threats and risks and impact to the organization and then work with those business leaders to build resiliency strategies because again now you're able to report back to your executives hey look we have this operational threat with this financial or reputational impact as a result and we've developed a strategy to eliminate that there's a a great way to demonstrate value absolutely it's all about making your resource known and i i couldn't agree more um uh, on top of that mark i've got another example personally is actually letting the business know that you're there and then trying to get your value in there so if you're looking at projects how can you help in that space that might not initially be in your remit so there's so many things and this is just a a little taster of of what you you guys need to think about if you're you're facing we could talk about this for 40 minutes not 20 you know i mean there's so many things but if you're going to do the bia you're going to learn everything about the business anyhow so you might as well you know utilize that data yeah, it's, it's, it's the crown jewels, as one of my past um, guests says, um, said on a podcast once. And I, I truly think that is something that we need to think about um, as we enhance it going forward. So, Mark, thank you so much for sharing kind of some of your thoughts on that. Um, I know we haven't, um, we'd love to do like an hour's talking, we could talk hours and hours about this, but what you what you've said has been really kind of it's opened my mind to actually thinking about it more consciously and i hope that other people will think about it um, as well so thank you for that now before we wrap up um there's one final question i want to ask you and anybody who's listening to the resilience pod or seen any of the videos when we were able to do them um, in person knows that i love books and i love to ask the guests this so we're resurrecting that because we need a bit of inspiration what is your favorite book of impact and why and yeah yeah i anticipated the question right because i've, I've uh, you know not not my first time uh, you know watching or, or listening um one i'm reading right now is called the kennedy brothers it's written by richard d mahoney and it, it tells the story of uh, Bobby Kennedy and JFK when he was president and how they managed various crises together. And I got a really interesting quote, which I actually just posted on LinkedIn um, from Bobby Kennedy. And this is during the Cuban Missile Crisis. And I think this really speaks to us in our industry and what we what we do. He said, pressure does strange things to a human being even to brilliant, self-confident, mature, experienced people. For some, it brings out characteristics and strengths that perhaps they never knew they had. And for others, the pressure is too overwhelming. And I think that's really interesting. And 
it, it would be really insightful for us as we build our response teams, our crisis management teams, to understand the personalities of the people that are involved on the team and how they're going to react to uh, various pressures. I thought that was really interesting. And there, there's one other book I want to mention, and I know we're short on time, but I would, I would encourage people to look for this book. It's called Just Keep Breathing. And it's by a really dynamic guy called Reggie Dabbs. And Reggie is a speaker and he goes around to different high schools and he talks to students uh, about suicide. Students who might be struggling and wondering whether they should just stop. And he encourages people. And I just want to share this quote because we're in difficult days, right? And, and, and everybody's struggling. And I want to share this quote. He says, there is still purpose. Who knows how your story might affect other people someday? He said, if you give up today in the middle of your problems, you will miss the very answer that is waiting for you right now in your tomorrow. It is there waiting for you. You just have to keep breathing long enough to reach it and take hold of it. And, you know, I, I, personally, I don't struggle with depression or, or anything like that, but I know a lot of people do. And we're making great strides in mental health and encouraging people to speak up and to talk and to reach out for help. And, you know, if those words reached you today, then to me, that's even more important than the other things that we talked about. And I would just encourage you to as the book says, just keep breathing. You never know what comes tomorrow. We love that, Mark. Thank you so much. There is nothing I say that can top that. Um, so I will leave you to ponder upon that and everything we've talked about in the past 22 minutes. Mark, thank you once again for sharing your insights on the Resilience Pod. Um, we hope to continue this conversation um, via the comments or offline. So thank you. You're very welcome. And Rena, thank you for everything you do. We appreciate it. Um, thank you for that. And guys, thank you to each and every one of you who has tuned in today to listen. You know, without you, um, this wouldn't be possible. So I'm really grateful to that as well. If you liked this episode and it has spoken to you and what Mark said has resonated, then please do share it far and wide and get the word out there. Don't forget, if you want more tips on all this new content for free, then sign up to the resiliencepod.com website and hit subscribe so guys until next time keep on investing in your resilience